I realized early on in my life that working out and moving my body made me feel better. So that connection in my brain was solid. I mean, I didn't do sports, but I started, you know, lifting at the Y when I was 14 and going to some classes. And I really knew that like, this just made me feel better. It's the health in the real world podcast. It's time to start the show with Chris Jenke as your host. Here to give you everything that you need when it comes to fitness strategies. We keep it simple and easy. It's your roadmap to get healthy. You don't need equipment and you don't need a gym. Just the right strategies to get you fit and trim. Welcome to Health in the Real World. I'm here today with Lindsay Heiserman. Lindsay is a trainer and uh, also, Lindsay, you coach, you coach other trainers and kind of helping them to build their business as well. You're an athlete. You're doing a lot of things. Uh, Lindsay, first, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. Uh, well, like I mentioned before, I've uh, done a couple of those Spartan races that, uh, that you compete in. Talk a little bit about that and about what got you started with that as an athlete, as a trainer. Uh, what's what's kind of the, what do they call it, the origin story? Yeah, I had been, I did uh, marathons in college as a way to stay accountable. And, you know, that goal setting really helped me with studying and working and just having that schedule. And then I graduated, started working as a trainer, and I was bored out of my mind with marathon running. I was like, well, that lost its appeal really fast, right? You know, it was great for the time being. And in 2011, this is how it always goes, probably did for you as well. Someone you know said, hey, there's this like crazy race thing where like there's obstacles, I think, and you run some and maybe you crawl in the mud. And in 2011, they were just starting. And so I was like, well, that sounds great. Let's do that because I'm sick of marathon training. And I was horrible. I mean, horrible at obstacles, just awful. I mean, I had been endurance running and lifting for, you know, some strength, but I didn't really know how to use my body. I was not an athlete as a kid. I didn't play a ton of sports. So it really ever since then, I mean, it's been 10 years, but it's opened up so many doors for me personally, professionally, my own athletic ability. Um, what else do you want to know about it? I could talk about that the whole time. <laughs> I know it's pretty amazing, right? And, and you're absolutely right. That's how I did get, I've done one marathon and I hated it. I just, yeah. I, it was nice to just do it and be done with it. I ran cross country in high school and I just, I had, I think I had PTSD from the whole experience because we're running yeah. like 70 miles a week. And um, 2009, my friend texts me or calls me and says, hey, San Francisco Marathon, let's do it. I'm like, eh, whatever, all right, fine. And mm -hmm. ran that and now I'm doing Spartan races as well. I've done a couple of those. Uh, so that's pretty cool that you've, you've done those. You're, you're sort of mixing it up. Do you ever bring your clients with you or, or like get a group together and train with them and bring them to the race? Yes and no. I don't take that part of training into my business of personal training. People are like, why don't you, you know, monetize that? I was like, cause it's my hobby. It's my thing, right? It's like fun, I don't right? need to turn it into a part of my business, but we'll, what will happen is if I know that you have a little bit of interest I'll be like, okay, you're doing it. You're coming along. We're doing it. I met a guy at a networking meeting and he had a Spartan sticker, one of the two on his car. And I tracked down who it was. And I was like, oh, you know, striking up this conversation. He goes, yeah, I did a couple of years ago. I said, well, you could do it this weekend. It's in town. 
with us. And he's like, okay. So he shows up and he does it. So I always joke that if we talk about it, you're probably going to do it. You're going to do it. You're going to bring them on yeah. and, and make sure that they get started with you. That's cool. So what do you, as far as your clients now, we'll shift gears a little bit, go into more of your business. What, uh, for you, what is one of the first things that you tell? It's a very general question, but what yeah. do you, what do you tell people as far as what's the first step to get healthy and fit? I call this the go for a walk in your pajamas theory that you have to decrease and eliminate the barrier to entry. So I had a client recently, actually it was last year. I'd had her as a client for a long time, but she's like, I know I want to walk every day. I know I feel better. I know that it clears my head. And I said, okay, then why aren't you doing it? Right? It's not that hard. You walk out your door, you do the thing. She's like, wow, oh, my kids, my work, my this. I said, get up in the morning don't even put on clothes wear your pajamas put on your tennis shoes and before your kids even know you're awake or your husband finds you or your email dings go outside and just go for a walk around the block and i think when people start fitness they think i'm going to do six days a week an hour at the gym you will always fail that routine right you cannot go from zero to six days so people laugh but i tell clients i have now i tell clients that i would just start with or friends smallest, most effective dose. If that's yeah. five minutes and it's five minutes every day, that's a lot of minutes in a week that you didn't have if you did zero, right? right? That's And that's the one thing I tell people too. I say fitness is really two things. It's figure out where you are now and then take one more step. So if that yeah. woman is already doing nothing, cool. The next step is a five minute pajama walk, go. Mm -hmm. right? I love that. Um, yeah. What So what do you tell that person uh, six months down the line after they have done their pajama walks that you've, you've prepped them, you've gotten them up to, let's say like four or five days a week, maybe not six months down the line, but let's say like a year down the line, they fall yeah. off the wagon, they're bored, they're hot, oh, I don't wanna do this anymore. What's your pep talk for them? You know, it becomes what else is going on. And this is where I really realized early on in my career that there's so much more than exercise. I mean, I knew that intuitively, but people would get stressed out about work or their kids or their job. And like, there's other factors that affect your workout. If we're talking specifically about, you know, what is your workout routine? And so my first thing is always what's going on in your life. What are you stressed out about? You know, what's changed. And we really go through that list first, right. instead of saying, well, I can't believe you fell off the workout brain. <laughs> you know, because there's a reason. And I've relayed this other story several times recently, which is I had a client early on in my career. She looked at me and she was really mad. And she said, you forgot to tell me something. And I was like, okay, what could it possibly be? She says, you forgot to tell me that I have to work out for the rest of my life. And I was like, yeah, right. Like she thought, you know, this like 12 week thing was going to be the magic bullet, which most people do know that that's not true but they still expect that it will happen. And then I can just be done. Like I did it, I can cross it off the list. And so life will always be up and down. You may start, you may stop, but you can always start again. So you even, you even went back to school and got additional education so that you could sort of tackle the, the uh, mental, emotional aspects of yeah. training as well. So how do you, what are some other ways that you integrate that into your training, into the physical aspect? Yeah. So a lot of my training really is like, I'm not going to say it's therapy because that's a whole thing right now that people are like, exercise is therapy. And it's not, we all know it's not so getting a therapist is different, but 
my style of personal training is just also asking a lot of questions. I mean, we talk about your life. We don't just talk about the exercise. So I know what's going on in your life. We can adapt, we can shift, we can change. And that keeps people, also when you think about client retention, I've had clients with me for the entire 15 years without stopping because we do life together. Like that's what it is. Like I'm not a trainer who plans your workouts or you show up for your workouts, but we're going to talk about all of it, you know, and people will sometimes say, thanks for that coaching session that had nothing to do with exercise. (laughs) You're welcome. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That tends to happen a lot. Uh, what, so what about, you and your struggles. I want to, I want to turn the spotlight on you. I know we briefly talked about your Spartan races and your marathons. One of the things that I think holds a lot of people up is that they think that personal trainers are somehow different and that we are not doing all this work in order to get the results that we've achieved. So where do you struggle with your health and fitness and what's your strategy to get past that? It's funny. I have a friend who's a dietitian and we Marco Polo back and forth all the time. And I was like, you should just replay the messages that I send you because they're all the same, which is, okay, I'm ready to focus on my nutrition. And she'll say the same thing she always says. And then I'll say, okay, I did it for like five days. And she'll say, you do that every time. And it's this sort of, for me, this broken record of like, I know that I'll feel better if I focus on nutrition a little bit deeper, you know, walking that line of getting obsessive, which I have done in the past, right? That's a huge story of mine. And so I would say really focusing on nutrition for performance. I know how to eat to feel good. I know what a balanced diet is like. I still have a giant sweet tooth. So I would say the thing I always come back to is just how to dial it in a little bit better at certain points so that I can perform better. Do you find that uh, with nutrition, like that's where you sort of fall off the wagon yourself, whereas the workouts are more like automatic in a way? That's kind of how I feel personally. Like I could, I could forget everything. I could go on complete autopilot. I'm still going to get my, I'm still going to get my workouts in every day, but the nutrition might fall off. So it sounded like at least a little bit from what you were just saying that maybe you have that same thing going on too. I do. I realized early on in my life that working out and moving my body made me feel better. So that connection in my brain was solid. I mean, I didn't do sports, but I started, you know, lifting at the Y when I was 14 and going to some classes. And I really knew that like, this just made me feel better. And it went through its own evolutions of again, obsession with exercise and diet and all those things, which on this side as an adult, I just know I feel better. I don't miss many workouts. I adapt them if I need to, but there's no question. I don't go weeks without movement. I just don't. Um, But yes, the nutrition is its own story. Yeah. It's, and it's almost like, I, I don't know if you fall into this at all, but you know, if you've been working out consistently and you're, you're getting the results, you know, the body fat's going down, the strength is going up, the energy is up, then it, you know, it's kind of easier to justify that slice of pizza. And it's like, I'm doing great. You know, I'm going to have some cake. I'm going to have this and that. But again, you know, I feel the same way that you do about food too, in that eating healthy just feels so good. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, when I have that green smoothie or, you know, whatever, yeah. you know, a big salad, I'm like, oh man, I just feel fantastic. Like my body likes me again. Right. Yeah. So uh, this is great. Uh, Lindsay, I want to give you a chance to do a motivational speech. So let's say uh, a business or maybe a university calls you in 
and they say, hey, we want you to give a one to two minute motivational speech, it's short. Uh, but what's, what's your one to two minute motivational speech bigger than just health and fitness? Uh, although you can weave that into it, what would you tell people as far as life goals and, and just kind of how to approach life? The thing that's most important, and I do this with all clients of mine in every dimension, which is create the life that you want to have. You are actually in control of the pieces. That does not mean that it will be easy, right? Like there will be potentially people you will disappoint. You might have to make hard choices. There will be relationships you will have to have boundaries upon. You'll have to, you know, make a workout plan. You'll have to make adjustments. And yes, you know, privilege comes into play in so many ways and it's not equal for everyone, but we can make choices, you know, look at where you're at and then say, where do I want to go? This happened a lot when I started my own business, people would say, wow, I can't believe you did that. That's so brave. And I was like, you know, the most important thing to me deep down is my time freedom. And so when I finally identified that, and I even have clients who remind me of that all the time, remember that's your number one value. You know, if I start to stray, because that is my number one value, how I spend my time is up to me. So then I sort of reverse engineered, okay, then I'm going to have my own business. Here's the type of clients I want to have. Here's where I'm going to fit the pieces. It's not easy, but you can create that on a small scale or a really large scale, but the choices are ultimately up to you. Absolutely. So with your time freedom, so you decided or, or you figured out early on that time freedom was a very important value. What, what was the, I, I love talking to people about this, going from zero to one. I love that story. Like you might be at, I don't know, 70 now, right? Percent or whatever, just to get a ballpark number, but going from zero to one, what did that look like when you finally realized, wow, I really need time freedom. And then you realize, okay, well, I have to be my own boss. Like, what was that process like? You know, I think the whole time I spent nine years working at a gym and I had a set schedule, I was required to be there. And I just remember thinking, but if I don't have clients, I don't understand why I have to be here. Right? right like this right, just didn't right. make sense. I mean, I understood I was an employee and you know, all these dimensions, but really I think the value of the time freedom came for me after I quit my job. Mm -hmm. So I quit my job because I knew I didn't fit into the model that was there. My, my ideas, my values, the way I wanted to operate didn't fit the mold. You know, I tried really hard for a long time because I'm a very loyal person. And then I just was like, that's it. I, I am done. And then once I had my own business, I was like, oh my God, time freedom is the most epic thing I didn't know I was missing, right. you know, which also has its challenges, right? Like as your own business with time freedom, you can get stuff done or not, which I definitely, we could right. talk all about that forever, but it really feels good to know that I get to decide. Right. But you're right. With time freedom comes, you're also free to waste your time. You, that's right. You just Every wasted day. the last three days and nothing got done and that's on you, right? Versus okay. if you have a boss who's like right on you and they, you know, you might be pissed off that they're yelling at you or treating yep. you disrespectfully, but you're going to get your work done. So yep. uh, that is definitely one of the pros and cons. I'm of the belief that uh, with each of us, our strength is our weakness. The pro mm -hmm. is the con. It just depends on how you look at it, but it's really the same thing. It just depends on what perspective you look at it from. Yep, I agree. But that's great. Uh, Lindsay, how do people get in touch with you if they want to work with you or they want to ask you a question about anything? 
Yeah. You can find me on Instagram at Lindsay Heiserman coaching, which is a pretty easy way to drop into my message box there. Uh, LinkedIn is also great. Um, just Lindsay Heiserman there. And also my website is just lindsayheiserman.com. All right. Great. Lindsay Heiserman. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining me today on health in the real world. Appreciate it. And hopefully we can uh, see you again. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the health in the real world show. Make sure to like and subscribe and comment down below. Visit mycorebalance.com to learn more.